hear these words from the Apostle Paul. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Good morning. I'm Debbie Leonard, and I'm a deacon. I'll be speaking about the service of wholeness and what it means to me as a deacon. In case you're not familiar with it, the service of wholeness is held on Saturday evenings, once a month, September through April. The Sunday morning service is uplifting. It's a time of corporate worship and teaching. Each week through the pastor's messages and the music, I am instructed and encouraged. I think of the Sunday morning worship service as celebratory. The service of wholeness is different. It's a monthly opportunity for all of my parts, meaning my feelings, my worries, my regrets, and my struggles to become aligned with my faith and my spiritual walk. The atmosphere is intimate and soothing. The darkened room and the candles provide for privacy and help to create a place of reverence. Each month, the wholeness service has a theme and the themes are universal. What I mean by that is as you sit in the sanctuary and listen to the music and the meditations, you don't scratch your head and wonder, what the heck does all of this have to do with me? What happens is that the visuals and the meditations and the music work together to help you open up to God. Maybe you're feeling vulnerable. Maybe you're feeling frustrated about how things are going. Or maybe someone in your life is a disappointment. The wholeness service isn't about fixing or changing those things. It's about strengthening us to fix our eyes on Jesus and how to walk the path he has for us. When you are at the wholeness service, you know that everyone is there because they want to be. There is a unity of purpose among everyone who is there, and the result is powerful blessing. It is a time of expectation, no, a time of assurance, that the Holy Spirit is invited, and he will meet each person as they are and in their place of need. We know the Holy Spirit works in ways that are beyond human ability to plan and fix, and it is faith-building and wondrous to experience his work. Let me give you an example. Over the past couple of months, my husband and I were both feeling burdened by something, something about which we had talked and we had prayed. Near the end of the March wholeness service, when we had the opportunity to seek prayer support, I leaned to my right and whispered to Steve, my husband, that I was feeling prompted to go to one of the prayer stations and to ask for prayer. He said, you know, I was just thinking the same thing. That was so encouraging because the Holy Spirit reaffirmed his power by strengthening the unity of our marriage by prompting us both at the same time. And this I know too, that if you were to attend the wholeness service, 
you will be fed soul food, and it will seem like it was prepared just for you. The words of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. Come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Good morning. My name is Kelly Tedesco, and I am one of the deacons. I had a speech prepared that I rehearsed all week, but I couldn't shake the nerves this morning, so with advance apologies to Maury and Colleen, I rewrote it. I was asked to speak how I've grown as a deacon. I thought about it over and over and over, analyzed it, until I finally took a step back and realized that the answer was a lot simpler than I was making it. I entered the deacon ministry three years ago apprehensively because I didn't think I'd be good at it. I worried that I wouldn't say the, I would say the wrong thing or not do enough or do too much all the normal fears that we tend to bring into these kinds of situations. What I realized recently is that God actually doesn't need my help. Caring, it turns out, is kind of his thing. One of the things deacons do is we pray constantly for our flocks. The prayer I prayed most often was that God would minister to each and every member of my flock according to their need so that they would feel his presence in a real way and know how much he loves them. But here's the thing. God isn't present in people's lives just because I asked him to be. He's present because he's God, always waiting for us to invite him in. He didn't bring healing to situations because I prayed for it. He is the healer, and he comforts his children. And he doesn't reveal his love to them as a result of my good prayer. He is love, and his love for all is extravagant. So really, what you're doing when you enter a ministry like this is stepping, even briefly, into God's world, borrowing his glasses for a while, and watching him just be who he is. And by praying for the things he desires for his flock, we simply obey the command to pray and align our hearts with his. And when you align your heart with God's, some measure of the grace and love and peace and compassion and power that you pray he'll pour out on others spills into your own life too. For me, Caring Ministries is the kind of place I should step into and then get out of the way. I nervously nod my head yes, and for that, was given the privilege of standing back and watching him move all around me, in the lives of other deacons and team members, in my flock members, and my own life. By serving each other, we simply open up the space. So how have I grown? I think of it a little bit like a train ride. God's not just driving, he actually is the train. And when you willingly get on, even if the ride is bumpy and sometimes uncomfortable, you inevitably end up somewhere different than where you started. And the best part is, it's a place that he brought you to. And that kind of trip is worth the ride. A reading from the book of 1 John chapter 3. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. 
Good morning. My name is Lori Gladstone, and I am a deacon. And I have been asked to answer the question, how I see the deacon ministry as important to the church. It doesn't seem that long ago that I was standing up here talking about my first year as a deacon, and it's amazing that that was six years ago. And so to give you, you know, everything that's happened in six years would be difficult. So just to highlight some things, I can tell you that I've had the privilege of walking with those experiencing loss, um, loss of loved ones, birth, illnesses, moves, and all of life's celebrations and challenges. I have tried to make sure everyone in my flock knows that they are cared for and prayed for on a regular basis, but I always feel like there's more I could be doing. And it seems to be a common theme every month at our deacon meetings. The deacons are ready to serve whenever the flock is ready to share. Sharing is not always easy, though, and this is something I have learned firsthand. In preparation for today, the Lord gave me the scripture, John 13, 1 through 7, which you can read on your own in full, but it's the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And he revealed to me in this scripture a new perspective on serving and what he requires of me. In verses 3 through 9, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Simon Peter said, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I ask you, what part of this scripture stands out to you? Most likely, it's the picture of Christ posturing himself as the humble servant. But what God pointed out to me was Peter's response. And Peter's response was, no, you shall never wash my feet. That was his first response. And Peter thought that he was being reverent and humble in responding that way to Jesus. But he was missing a big teaching moment that Jesus was trying to teach him. And in a commentary I read, put it this way. It is clear that Jesus' words to Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me, were an invitation to participate in the life and ministry he had modeled. Our family has been through a really, really rough time. And we know we're not alone. These are troubling times. We know um, there are others who are going through the same things that we have. But to ask, ask for help, to accept help, is very, very humbling. And I tend to, to have that Peter-like attitude in response. And, you know, no, I, I, I can do just fine. I don't need, need, need the help. But what I learned in this scripture is that when I turn down the help, that I also turn down 
the opportunity for others to help me and also turn down the invitation to fully participate in the ministry and life of Jesus. This, this was a huge revelation for me. In the deacon ministry, you know, they, how, does this, how does this tie into the deacon ministry? How does this um, uh, make it important to our church? For me, it gave me a safe place to be vulnerable. The deacon ministry doesn't judge, and it's what I call Jesus with skin on. They participate in our lives in a way that is an example of Christ. It flows down through him and to Colleen and into the leaders and the deacons of this church. And their main focus is to connect us to Christ through care, and there's no better way. I cried out to God in pain, and, and then I questioned how he had decided to answer. And I learned that to be on the receiving end is serving Christ. I had to set my pride aside, and in the humility, I have felt a deeper love and caring over my life. And God has been so faithful, and he has been so good. In his words, James 1.9, he says, Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. I continually find my worldly thinking to be opposite to Christ's. I believe with all my heart that I also must continue to demonstrate Christ as the answer in my own circumstances, or why would anybody want what I have? It hasn't been easy, but the deacon ministry and the caring ministries have made it easier. So when someone says to you, let us help, bless them, and let them re and receive the help by blessing others as well. I am so thankful for the deacon ministry and what they've done for my family, and I appreciate the opportunity to publicly say so. Thank you for letting me share. Again from Paul <clears throat> in his second letter to the Corinthians. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. I'm Daisy Hobson, a member of this church, and I am speaking today as a recipient of the Caring Ministries. Jesus began his greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, with eight blessings, which we call the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And six others. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, Luke records the very last thing Jesus did on earth. As he was ascending into heaven, he blessed his best friends, the disciples. I see Colleen, Maury, and the Caring Ministries as the feet of Jesus, ready to bless you and me as soon as we make our needs known to them. My late husband, Alan, and I were blessed by 10 of the Caring Ministries. They are the Wholeness Service, the First Friday Fellowship, the Thanksgiving Basket, the Prayer Chain, the Deacon's Ministry, including Kelly and her husband and all three children, and, her, and my former deacon, Barbara, the handyman team, the meal team, the personal planning workbook, the memorial coffee, 
the broadcasting of the church service on TV, and the grief share workshop. I didn't take these services for granted because, in comparison, I have a very close friend whose mother's health took a sharp decline, ironically, at the same time Alan entered the hospital. Her mother died five weeks after Alan did. The big difference was that my friend and her parents had no church affiliation, and so they had no pastoral care at all. We prayed together every day on the phone and discussed her mother's and Alan's medical conditions. Each day, she would then ask me, Daisy, how are you doing? I would answer, I'm blessed. I explained that just that day, someone from our church had visited us in the hospital again and prayed with us. Another day, I answered, I'm blessed. A man from my church's handyman team came by, got the key I left outside, and made two necessary repairs while I was at the hospital. When I came home to the house that night, the repairs were done. Another day, I answered, I'm blessed. My deacon just dropped off meals that will last me till the end of the week. I started to feel guilty because every day I had to acknowledge I'm blessed. And during that time, my friend had not one pastoral visit, not one phone call, not one meal delivered, not one fellow church member praying for her. Meanwhile, Alan and I were receiving blessings every day, too numerous to mention here. In conclusion, going back to Luke chapter 24, Luke records that after Jesus blessed the disciples, they were bursting with joy and went to the temple to praise God. So like the disciples, and on behalf of Alan and myself, I'm here today to praise God for the caring ministries in this congregation. Thank you.